Welcome to Kyperian Commentary. This is episode 96, and I'm your host, Yuri Brito. Abortion has been on the minds of Christians for a very long time. Since 1973, Christians have joined their efforts to stop a practice that is barbaric by its very nature, we should say. Uh, Pro-life groups have done everything within their power to see to it that such practices uh, come to an end. But for the left and their anti-Trinitarian ideologies, life is nothing more than disposable and ethics is nothing more than a flexible rubric by which to read an ever-changing cultural and sociological scene. And Christians, at least my perceptions, Christians are rising and emerging into a world that views death as the ultimate korban, the ultimate gift to the false gods of entertainment and sexual perversion. And Christians at the very least, are beginning to understand that Jesus is life, and children, whether in or outside the womb, are the foundation blocks of a society that respects the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, I have been around around pro-life groups for many years now, and there's one group in Phoenix, Arizona, that I think is taking this entire matter, this pro-life ethics, seriously, both in their witness and in their mission. And I am really delighted to welcome Luke Pearson, who is a pastor at Apologia Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And Luke and his tribe there have been involved in all sorts of outreach to the occult and various religious groups for a long time. And they have especially emphasized this very uh, sober and lucid matter uh, concerning life. And so, Luke, uh, welcome to Kyperian Podcast, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on. Yeah, delight to have you. Uh, Luke, I want you to tell us just a little bit to our listeners at Kyperian. Tell us a little bit about the the genesis of the pro-life work, the beginning of pro-life work, their apologia, what was and what were the elements that sort of stirred your congregation there to show interest in proclaiming life, not only in social media, but face-to-face on the, at the abortion mills and wherever witnesses needed. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. Man, I appreciate that. So, um, and you have to forgive me, the years start to blend together. I want to say it was around seven or eight years ago uh we had an apology radio um we had a guest on um who with what pastor jeff actually thought that he knew her from high school and it completely god's sovereignty ended up being something completely someone completely different with the same name but someone that does uh, abortion mill ministry a sidewalk counselor and um so we had her on apology radio and she you know said uh you know, we we like how many babies have you saved? And she said three hundred and sixty-five, I think. Wow. And we're like, oh wow, that's amazing. And and she was like, yeah, this year. <laughs> and it was wow. like, you know, it was like, it was in the middle of the year at that point, and we were just completely blown away. And so we kind of left that radio show saying, yeah, we need to do more. You know, we need to do more than just vote pro-life. Mm-hmm. And um, so we started a local. Uh, ministry at our, our apology church um here in arizona and we call it the red door ministry and we just the the first day pastor jeff and some other people went on i wasn't able to make it but the first day they had like two saves i think and so right away we're like oh this is crazy we gotta keep doing this and so we just kept doing that and if you know anything about us we have a camera everywhere we go mm-hmm. um you know a lot of our media is, is just on the street evangelism and stuff like that so we just started putting up videos of you know us at the abortion mill talking to death scorts or preaching the gospel and it it just really started to grow like crazy and so i think we're in year four 
going so i think we'll be going into year five um with end abortion now and even the story of how that started was was crazy so um there was a an, an, an abolition equal protection act uh bill mm-hmm. in oklahoma which they've been doing been trying to do for several years now and um basically the the head the vice president of the national right to life tony tony Lowinger, um he's one of the biggest names in the pro-life industry and uh, he he stopped the bill um he he told the conservatives don't vote for this bill and it would have ended abortion immediately in oklahoma mm. and we're like so this is our kind of our <laughs> baptism if you will into this fight and we're like man this is crazy all these pro-life leaders on these in all the pro-life you know industries like national right to life like all these huge huge organizations are actually stopping these these uh really pro-life bills from from passing and so pastor jeff had um uh, tony lounger actually he had him on the sh- on a on the interview and he was uh, doing an interview with him and it was crazy how he even got that interview but there's a whole nother story there but as he's doing that myself and marcus Pittman um we're in the background and we're like we gotta we gotta do something more uh-huh. than what we're doing and and so we i was like i think it was either i think it was me it was either me or marcus but we said hey i wonder if an abortion now is available just kind of like yeah right you know so marcus looks it up and sure enough it was available uh you know an abortionnow.com and so we like immediately bought that Jeff gets off with the interview and we're like, Hey, guess what? We just started abortion now. So, (laughs) uh, so that's kind of how it started. And, you know, it's, it's amazing what God's doing through that. It's just, it's really, it's literally just, it's just a banner. Um, and so we have in order to get signed up with an abortion now, um, you have to go and you have to apply. Um, it's a simple application process, but it has to go through your local church. Yeah. So that's been real important to us is that all these, all these ministries, are, they go through their local church. Their pastor actually talks to Zachary Conover, who's our director of communications. And once they get through that process and they're approved, they're under local um, accountability. Um, then we send out the kits uh, to get them started. So we give them signs and tracks and a, like a cheerleading cone so they can, you know, amplify their voice and um, just whatever they need, we'll, we'll, we'll get them started. And so I, I think we're over 700 churches now. I know I just talked to Zach kind of just a little bit ago. He was just at G3 and I think he got another 11 churches at G3. So we're over, I'm pretty sure we're over 700 churches now. Um, Not just nationwide, but worldwide. Um, It's been really cool to see how God's expanded that. Uh, We've been expanded up into Canada, Australia, uh, New Zealand, uh, Northern, Southern Ireland and Scotland. Yeah. And, uh, so God's just really using it. It's just a movement of of ministries and local churches going to their abortion mill, preaching the gospel, trying to save babies and, you know, lead people to Christ as well. And so it's been really, really cool to watch God use that, um, you know, just really humble beginnings. And like it totally, God gets all the glory and credit on it. It's, it's just, like I said, it just started with us with a camera, just doing what, what we thought we needed to be faithful to do. And so this year... Um, well, I should back up. So, um, 2020 actually, uh, we started a a five hundred C four, which is a lobbyist organization. So we started um, Red State Reform, and the the uh, abortion project for Red State Reform is 
Action for Life, which you can go see at takeactionforlife.org. But so essentially that that's our political arm. And then we have an abortion now is our prophetic gospel driven okay. arm. So we've we've come to the realization that um, in order to really win this fight, we have to come at it from both sides. There, there's a, di- a definite dichotomy there. There's the gospel driven side. There's the political side. And uh, so this year, and it's amazing, this year we've already had six bills put in, six equal wow. protection bills. Um, so South Carolina, here in Arizona, uh, Texas, we helped with Oklahoma. Uh, we just were in Pennsylvania. Um, I feel like I'm missing someone. but uh, um, And then we're actually still working on Louisiana and Florida for this year yet. Yeah. So um, anyway, so combined with the two organizations, you know, we've been able to um, work both sides of that and, and trying to end abortion and um, just outright uh, criminalize it outright. And um, without getting too much in the weeds, you know, some states like here in Arizona, it's already illegal to to abort your child. It just not, hasn't been enforced right. since Roe v. Wade. There's other states where that's not the case. So each state is different in how we have to approach it but yeah that's kind of uh what's gone on in the last you know six seven eight years in a nutshell luke that is um i love hearing that story and i love the sort of the comprehensive nature of the the approach you guys take to the the ministry the pro-life work i've been curious just as a follow-up to what you were saying there i know that i've been around uh, the pro-life work for uh, a couple of decades now i know that not all pro-life works are created equal um, what is, in your perception, if you could just sort of give us a synopsis, in your perception, what's what's unique about the yeah. the methodology you guys have in, in, in distinction to others? Yeah, no, I appreciate that a ton. Um, so we're very careful, you probably heard me say it, I'm very careful to say the pro-life industry and, yeah. and draw a line in the sand there um, because it is the pro-life industry that's prolonging mm. abortion. They're the ones that are shutting down the um equal protection bills and uh and so we're, what we're saying is like we as christians truly are the pro-life ones we're pro-life because of christ because of his word and so what we want to do is bring along those that have been in this in this industry for so long because there hasn't been really any other option like that's it you vote pro-life you hope that roe v wade gets overturned right. one day um, which, by the way, Roe v. Wade is not a law. It is a court <laughs> opinion. Um, we need to stop treating it as as a law. It's one one of our been one of our big things lately is you know um, to defy Roe, and we actually have a billboard up here in Arizona that, that says that. And uh, and so what we want to do is bring along everyone that doesn't know any better. Like, hey, actually, we are the ones that's pro life because we want to end this immediately. Right. We want to criminalize it. There's no reason to keep prolonging this you know uh, uh saying that the hallways need to be bigger or they need to be cleaner um like those aren't pro-life wins at all mm-hmm. here in arizona this last year they they passed a bill so we put in our, our equal protection act um it, it never made it out of committee it sat in committee never made it out of there um but the bill that passed from the leading pro-life industry in in our state here in arizona um you know said that you couldn't um ab- abort for um uh, like abnormality abnormalities like uh, down syndrome um mm-hmm. you know so like but literally this is how crazy this is literally 
if a mother wants to murder her child, all she has to say is, oh, no, I'm not murdering it because it has Down syndrome. I just don't want it. Right. Right. So, like, that's not a, that's not a win. Um, and then, like, so that was part of the bill. Part of the bill was uh, that you had to have a proper burial. Um, there was a bunch of stuff. But then what the kicker is, so here in Arizona, it's already been criminalized yeah. since since the 70s. Um, now that sentence was like a five-year jail term at the most, which is obviously not biblical justice, but at least it was criminalized um, for the for the doctor or the abortionist, I should say, the the hired assassin, or and for the mother um, going in. Um, and we would argue that if if a father is forcing someone to murder his child, then he should also be criminalized. But um, it was criminalized across the board like that. And so this bill that they passed here in Arizona actually struck down the criminalization for the mother. Um, so, so what's crazy, what people don't think about is if, if Roe v. Wade was to be overturned, which actually that's a whole nother issue. We, we have the, uh, amicus brief that we were able to help file through, through, um, action for life uh, for the Mississippi case, essentially telling the Supreme court, like, do your job. You guys messed up fix it um sort of a thing is basically what it's saying but say say roe v wade was to be overturned tomorrow all these pro-life bills quote-unquote pro-life bills that have been put in place in all these states um they would actually legalize abortion Mm. so if so if the state said you know what uh that roe v wade was a (laughs) was not an actual law and i'm not going to obey it anymore but you have all these laws on on the books in these states like the one i just mentioned here arizona here in Arizona, um, you know, or like, oh, you can murder your child if the hallways are wide enough. Um, you know, like those laws would actually be legal. So abortion would be legalized in all these states due to the work of the pro-life industry. Mm-hmm. And that's what part of what we're trying to do is make people aware of what's actually been going on. And, um, you know, we, we're we not interested in, prolong- in prolonging an abortion now. <laughs> right. We, we would love for it to go away tomorrow. Um, you know, but unfortunately, you know, our concern is that a lot of these bigger groups that are, have their billion dollar industries, like they're making a lot of money and, yeah. uh, they're prolonging their jobs. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a terrific point. You know, the, the, um, one of the, uh, follow up to the, sort of that, um, helpful thesis. So you elaborated, I think it's really fruitful because there is several groups who will call themselves pro-life, but they are, yeah. They're sort of strategists, right? They have, they're professional strategists. They're sort of lobbyists. They want to find ways to continue the mission without concluding the mission. Right. And that's where that's where the, this methodology so, suffers a thousand deaths. But one one of the things that I've been really curious, and I have seen this done so well uh, in your flock and the kinds of things you guys do on, on social media, is you have sort of developed, uh, you have indoctrinated those who have come and you know have heard your message in a healthy way to love this issue and to treat it with the level of seriousness that from a political pers- perspective in the United States it it is almost a um, it's one political issue among many yeah but you guys have come along and said no this is the root this is the foundational block of a society a society cannot thrive if it does not give uh, importance and the right significance and the dignity to image bearers. How have you, uh, Luke, you and um, uh, the other elders there, apology, how have you guys sort of cultivated a uh, that mindset in your flock? 
Um, well, by, one by leading from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think you would agree. A lot of the issue in our in our culture and our nation is because we don't have faithful pastors leading from the pulpit. Yeah. Um, so one thing we always say, um, and I, I borrowed this from Joe Boot. I don't know if you know Joe or not up yeah. in Canada, but uh, he, you know, he's always said that the poli- politics is nothing more than legislated morality. I say this often. Uh, because I think the church is, is and and as a whole has really shied away from getting involved politically. Um, I think there's eschatological reasons for that we're not going to get into today. But um, you know, as a whole, the church has shied away from politics, and you, you don't, you know, we're the church; we don't get involved in politics. And uh, well, it's like, well, actually, politics are legislative morality, and so the question's not are we going to legislate morality, but whose morality are we going to legislate? Yeah, and it's really starts there. It's that's kind of our foundation. So whether it comes to abortion, whether it comes to gay mirage, which are the two biggest you know abominations in the eyes of God in our nation, or even this vaccine stuff, uh, masks, you know, you name it, they're all legislative morality. And so if if God's word is not our standard for morality, um, then whose standard are we going to legislate? Um, so really it starts there. I mean, I, th- I think that may sound simple. I don't want to sound pithy or anything, but that's really the, the, the bottom line. And we have to start there. We have to have that foundation. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we've done in our congregation here in Pensacola is we've sort of uh, really stressed the, the fostering and the adoption and yes. these other things, they sort of stir the Christian imagination towards these, towards these topics. Yeah. You know, Luke, we, do, we um, this is called Kuyperian Commentary Podcast, and so we're, we're fans of uh, the Dutch theologian Abraham Kuyper. Yeah. Kuyper spoke uh, very much about this concept of sphere sovereignty, which essentially meant, you know, in Kuyper's writing in the 19th century sort of argued that when spheres sort of don't stay within the confines and boundaries of their own God-given territories, you lead, you end up in totalitarian socialist sort of environments. Yeah. One of the things I think I'd like to get your reaction to this is that the state has become so sacramental and so religious in their orientation that they're acting as if they are both the church and the family, that the entire sphere, the universality of human conception has been sort of embodied and absorbed by the state. So if you look at the the stuff Rush Dooney wrote or the stuff... um, you know, Greg Bonson wrote, you see these presuppositions playing out. Isn't it true, though, that the state has kind of a, um, taken this role, this paternal, fatherly role, and has said, I'm going to rule with a rod of iron here. And the church, in some ways, and these issues that you brought up related to um, mandates regarding vaccines or the kinds of stuff that are so absurd it's not even worth discussing, but the state has sort of jumped into the sacramental role, and we yeah. as a church have kind of said, oh, you want to be our priest? I'll give you the keys and the code and yep. the alarm to get in. Yep, absolutely, man. I'm so I'm so thankful you brought that up. And actually, before I answer that, I want to back up because the back to the fostering thing, I'm so glad you guys are doing that. I don't yeah, know yeah. if you if you know the statistic, because um, actually I keep saying, once we end abortion, the, the foster care system is next. It's it's uh, a mess. Wow. You can you can go uh, murder your child for four hundred dollars, but if you want to adopt a baby, it's you know twenty to forty thousand. <laughs> it's, oh, it's absurd. But right. um, I, I don't know if you've heard this statistic, but this is pretty. I think it's it pretty much goes nationwide um, that if one family from each church in each state uh, adopts a family, will wipe out the foster care system. Wow. 
it's it's so easy to do but we're not doing it so i'm so thankful that you guys are doing that that's incredible um but back to your question oh man it's that's so that's so huge right now and we've been saying this a lot especially with the vaccine stuff um romans 13 you know this like the 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 role of the government the the civil government sphere is to punish evildoers and protect the innocent they're god's avenger god's deacon that's their role and anything outside of that they're overstepping their sphere um you know and 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 so like so the vaccine for example like you know that's that's the family that's the family government sphere and they're overstepping in there like you said they're they're playing daddy and uh, there's actually have a quote from my good friend toby sumpter up at mos in christ church in moscow idaho uh he said that when god is not our father then the state becomes our mother Mm. and i love that quote and it's so true and that's what that's what we see happening now when we've abandoned god as our father the state's our nanny you know and so they're absolutely overstepping their roles and you know those that are saying lately that warm is 13 you know you do everything whatever the government tells you you have to do it um it's like well the context of that is you know what what paul is describing as their duty <laughs> that's the context of that not everything and you know i i heard uh todd frill we actually did a show on this a few weeks ago todd frill said well if the government tells me to put pinwheels on the side of my head to go to the publics then i'll do that and i'm like really you really like that's how far you're going to take this you know and that was in the midst of the stuff in afghanistan i said well what if what if the the government tells you that you have to wear a hijab or they're going to cut your head off in the street are you going to do that right the government said so uh what if the government tells you to wear a gold star you're going to do that just because romans 13 said you know that you have to do everything the government says like there's there's obviously a line somewhere it's you know that's not a black and white uh issue there there has to be a line somewhere um and you know for those that say well it's it's only when the government tells you to do something sinful then you can disobey and again yes that's the obvious but the examples i just brought up those aren't necessarily black and white sin issues so there there has to be a line somewhere and you know for me it's it, the line of tyranny is when the government oversteps their role the, their god-ordained role um you know we can also get into lex rex we've been having that conversation a lot the the law is king and you know the government is uh, way overstepping <laughs> their constitutional uh, rights uh, a lot lately. So, so yeah. Hopefully that answered your question. I feel like I started to ramble there. But... No, no, no. That's uh, that's fantastic. You're absolutely right. I think the the government has sort of played an interpretive role. You know, they have told us this is how we interpret Romans 13, and you pastors, you let us rule our interpretation. Let our interpretation yeah. stand. And the problem has been, as you mentioned very, very well, is that the government has become more priestly and less deacons of righteousness. Yep. And that's a gigantic problem. Um, yes. One of the things I'm so grateful to your, your labors is you guys have, have taken a strong uh, biblical stand on these issues. You have not um, backed out. You have gone into the arena rather than allowed the state to take over the arena. Yeah. And we have a prophetic voice. And you guys at Apologia Church are, are setting a wonderful example to us here in Pensacola and to our community here in the United States. Pastor Luke Pearson is at the Apologia Church in Phoenix, Arizona. 
Luke, um, tell us a little bit of how we can uh, sort of in engage in the great work you guys do at And Abortion now. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, but if you're not signed up already, you can go to endabortionnow.com and, and fill out the contact form there to get your church or if you have a ministry set up, um, you can go there as well and we'll get, we'll get you signed up. And like I mentioned, talk to your pastor. Um, so you do that. There's obviously you can donate. Um, and, uh, it's, this year has been amazing. God's, God's blessed us, um, financially to be able to do a lot of things that we needed to do. And so we're thankful for that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's the easiest way is just to be a part of that and, and help support the work being done. Like I said, we have over 700 churches now. And, um, and so we're, we're excited with what God's doing with that. So I appreciate that. That's fantastic. Luke Pearson, uh, thanks for your labors, brother, and the Lord bless you. Thanks for joining us at Kyperion. Thanks, you. I appreciate it. God bless.